0: It's time to ignite. You know, ignite is about making your relationship with God a top priority. It's growing up, uh, becoming mature spiritually. It's about full integration and giving our hearts totally to God. Allowing God to influence absolutely everything. How we act how we feel, how we respond to life. And it's not just something we say, but it's what we think and what we do in our lives. Paul writes in Ephesians, he says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when... People try to trick us with lies, so clever that they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. Spiritual maturity is becoming more and more like Christ. Now, I grew up in the church. We spent a lot of time at the church when I was younger. Started preaching when I was, was 16. And I figured out pretty quick that there are some people that go to church for 20, 30, 40 years, and they never grow spiritually. After all, all the years, they, they could still be jerks. You know, they could still be grouchy. They could be immature in so many ways. It just screamed. Uh, They were gossip central, consumed with with anger, you know, self-righteous, judgmental, self-centered. And the fact is they just never grew up spiritually in their lives. And I'll be honest with you, it's really easy to to spot. It's so obvious in fact, it's about as obvious as the, this commercial. I don't know if you've seen it, but let, let's watch this. At Cheese it we expect a lot from our cheese. What do you call a cheese that isn't yours? I don't know. Nacho cheese. <laughs> See, because it's not your cheese, but I said nacho. <clears throat> la, 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 I can't hear you. La, 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 I can't hear you. La, 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 I can't hear you. That's when I decided to fully invest in my 401k. We take the time for our cheese to mature before we bake it into every delicious cracker. Because at cheese it real cheese matters. A little cheesy, right? But uh, <laughs> now, It's about that obvious. And friends, it has always bothered me that a person can be a Christian for years and years of their lives. They could go to church, be there every time the doors are open, and never change, never grow spiritually. In fact, I believe faith fellowship exists because we wanted to change that, that our main objective is to lead people in a growing relationship with Jesus Christ. And today what I want to do is kind of look at some spiritual principles that are kind of core to, to growth and get us thinking. And I think as we're we're going through this that we'll begin to understand why the church does certain things, why faith fellowship does some things differently, what it what it takes uh to grow and to mature, to take those steps so that when we get to the end of life, we take that last breath, that we're not still spiritually immature in our lives. One, one thing that, right out of the gate, is spiritual maturity starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's accepting Christ as your Lord and Savior. It's giving God the, the reins. Christian life is not about imitation, but it's about the indwelling of God's spirit uh in christian circles they use the word incarnation it's a big term but it really simply means that God's holy spirit lives inside you and we've talked about that through through our last series but i think too many christians when when it comes to spiritual growth in their life they they're trying to do it Kind of like we saw in the drama here, trying to rely on willpower, you know, some plan that, that they put together. And that might work for a little while, but it doesn't work for the long haul. That's why Paul, I think, raises the question in 1 Corinthians. He says, Do you not know that you're God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? He's saying, here's the key to maturity. Here's the key to to getting getting started. It's not simply trying to imitate Jesus Christ, but it's getting to a point in your life where you surrender, where you surrender. You, You go to God and say, God, your Holy Spirit lives inside of me. God, let your Holy Spirit change me. Let it change my, my attitudes in life. Let it change my, my heart. You know, God, let, let your Holy Spirit change how I work, how I act, how I relate to my wife, my kids. God, let your Holy Spirit change how I treat other people that are in my life. You see, God's Spirit dwells in you. Do you know that? You cannot transform on your own. You cannot will yourself to, to grow. It takes God's power inside of you. Paul writes in Ephesians 4, he says, And then take an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside and working itself into your conduct as God accurately reproduces His character in you. God's working inside you. Now, I want to be clear as as we're talking about spiritual growth that you have your part to do. Okay? But God has a part to do in this. In other words, there's kind of this mystical side and there's a practical side. There, There are some things that God can do inside of you, and there are some things that you do. In other words, you you have to make choices in, in your life. Paul writes in Philippians, he says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Friends, live in the life that God intended for you requires two things. One, it requires two things to work together that are in the scriptures here. It says, work out. Work out. And it says, works in. In other words, works out and works in. The idea is that God is working inside you. God's working inside you, but you got to work out and... I want to make sure we understand right away, we do not work out our salvation, all right? You cannot work for your salvation. It is a a, a gift from God, it's a free gift from God. There isn't anything you could do to, to earn it. Work out means that you kind of develop what God's doing inside of you, what you've already been given. It's like uh, going to the gym. How many of you work out at the gym? All right, you can help me a little bit here. When when you hit the weights or whatever it is you're doing to kind of tone up your, your muscles and stuff, are you creating muscles or are you developing the muscles you already have? Developing. I mean, you were born with muscles, little tiny baby muscles, all right? But you were born with them. What you're doing when you work out, you're developing the muscles that God gave you. When when God says, I want you to work out your salvation, he's not saying that you work your way to heaven. That, That can't happen. You've already been given that. What God's saying is, I want you to strengthen what I've already given you. I want you to develop what you've already been given. While you are working out, God says, I'm working inside you. Core concept here. It's the, the mystical and the practical kind of coming together. The practical part requires that we have habits in our life. We have disciplines in our life that, that help you grow in, in your faith. It all starts with a relationship with Jesus Christ. Spiritual growth does not just happen. All right? A a lot of Christians, I I believe that in their mind, they believe that one day they're just going to be spiritually mature. It's just going to happen. The fact is, you can grow old and not grow up, right? True, we've seen it. We've seen it many times. We watch people, they grow old. But they never really grew up. I mean, maybe never really grew up emotionally in their life, or relationally in their life, or financially in their life, or spiritually in their life. The fact is, still a baby. Spiritual growth, not automatic. It is not automatic. The fact is, we really have to work at it. It's not just going to happen, right? It's not going to be automatic in your life. Not at all. The fact is that you are as close to God as you choose to be. I want you to think about that for a minute. You are as close to God as you want to be. You're not as close to God as you want to be. If you're not close to God, don't blame someone else. Don't blame your mom and dad. Don't blame your spouse. Don't blame a situation. Don't blame anyone or anything. Blame yourself. You are as close to God as you want to be. And you are as spiritually mature as you want to be. Spiritual immaturity is a choice. We, we grow. By making commitments in our life. You make a commitment to get married. You grow. Boy, do you grow. (laughs) You make a commitment to a budget. You grow. You make a commitment to buy a house or a car. You grow. You make a commitment to, to be a Christian and step across that line. You grow. Because you grow when you make commitments. Commitments take you deeper and deeper in whatever area of life we're talking. Well, the same thing's true spiritually. We're all at different levels. We all have different spiritual commitments in our life. But God wants to take you, and this is the Christian walk, God wants to take you from no commitment to high commitment in your life. And one day, Jesus is walking down the street, and he sees a a group of would-be followers. And he just says to them, he says, come and see, come and see. He said the same thing sometime later. He sees some fishermen. And they ask him, they go, where are you going, Lord? And he says, come and see. Not much commitment there. Just Jesus basically wasn't requiring anything from them. He was simply just saying, you know what? If you want, you could come check things out. Come on. Jesus said, come and see. But it's interesting, when you read Scripture, He doesn't leave people there. He doesn't leave people there. In fact, He starts moving them to a deeper and deeper levels of commitment in their lives. As people are coming... And they're looking at what's going on. As they're following him, he starts defining what it means to be a follower. He says things like, you're my disciples if you love me. You're, you're my disciples if you love other people. You're my disciples if you obey my word. He was talking about scripture. Scripture. He starts turning the heat up. Three and a half years, Jesus is moving people from this come and see to high commitment. Scripture records that one day he was speaking and he was talking about his coming death, that he was going to die. He's talking about being the bread of life, what it meant to be a follower And I mean, he ups the ante big time. And scripture says that the followers started complaining. They said, man, the teaching, it's too hard. It's just too hard. In fact, I believe this is one of the saddest uh, scriptures in the Bible. It says, from this time, many of his disciples turned their back and no longer followed him. Jesus regularly upped the heat. He said, uh, one time, said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciples must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. That is high heat there. That is a dangerous challenge, a dangerous surrender. In that day, you should know that the cross was not a piece of jewelry. It was not something to be celebrated. And that day, it was something that people feared. It meant that you were going to be crucified if you saw a cross. It was a sign of torture. And basically, what Jesus was saying to the followers that day is... Come and die. He's saying, are you willing to die for me? You know, he's, he, big, big difference. Big difference between come and see, come and die. You agree? A little different, isn't it? It's a difference of commitment. You know, I believe it's something we try to do here at Faith Fellowship, to say to everyone in the River Bend, St. Louis area, come and see, come and see. Check us us out. You, You don't have to do anything. You don't have to sing anything if you don't want. You don't have to sign anything. You don't have to sacrifice. You don't have to serve. You don't have to do anything. Just come and see. And it's a good thing. That's a good thing. I believe it's a biblical model for the church. But we try and move people, people that are attending, from come and see to come and join us. Come and join us. Take take a step of faith. Give your life to Christ. Become part of God's family. Become a member a faith fellowship, not just an attender. You know, getting real intentional about growth in your life. Join a small group. You hear me say that often. Join a small group. Start praying. Start reading your Bible. Commit your resources to God. Start leveraging and becoming that, that person that's, that's growing. But then we try and move people to the next step, and that's come and serve. Come and serve. Start using your talent to serve God in ministry. Spiritual growth moving from here to there, it does not just happen. You have to make a choice. You have to make a choice here. And it is about committing. And spiritual growth is an instant. It does not happen overnight. I know for some you think that You're going to be here, and then one day you're just going to wake up and be way over here. Not going to happen. You're not going to hit a point where you no longer struggle with sin. You're not going to hit a point where you don't have problems anymore, where there's no more stress, no more worry, that you're not going to battle with anger or whatever it is that you battle in your life. There's never going to be a point where everything's perfect. Not going to happen. Spiritual growth is a process that it takes place in stages, step by step by step. It's gradual development. It's kind of like uh, physical growth. Newsflash, we're all getting older. Some are older than others. Some days I wake up, I feel a lot older than I am. But every stage, we grow, don't we? It's like uh, adolescence. There's gradual development, and then you have these kind of growth spurts, don't you? What's true in our spiritual life? And so we are transfigured much like the Messiah. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives, and we become like him. It's a gradual process. It's something that takes place over time. It's a lifetime process. Physically. We, we are all... Uh, we have went through these various stages, right? We're all unique. We're all different. Some of you, there was growth in you. And it, the fact is... It just came easy. It was natural for you. There were other areas in your life that was just painful, awkward. We all go through the same stages. We just deal with them differently. It's a process. I mean, physically, think about this. You have to learn to eat before you learn to walk, right? You have to learn to make noise before you talk. It's just a process. The same thing's true in your spiritual life. There are stages of spiritual development. They're all about getting closer to God, moving across and getting closer to God. First, first you get to know God. Then I believe you begin to love God. Then you learn to love God's family. Sometimes that's hard. Sometimes you struggle. But you learn over time. Then you learn to just love people. Then you love growth in in your faith life. Then you you begin to, to love and to learn how to serve and how to share your faith. But it's all a part of the process as christians you you have to learn to walk with god before you talk for god spiritual growth it's a process it takes time and it takes decisions along the way and you are either growing today or you're not it's that simple there's no oh well maybe you're either growing or you're not spiritual growth happens when it's part of your daily routine if you do not have spiritual habits in your life you will not grow building spiritual habits into your life that that is how you move from one point to the next for better or worse i am the sum total of my habits See, I can say, I want to be this. I hope people see me like this. I can say whatever I want to say. But the reality is, I am what I do. I can say, I want to be a great dad. All right? I really want people to say that I'm a great dad. But unless I'm doing the things that great dads do, like spending time with my kids, connecting with them, loving them, teaching them, correcting them, encouraging them, if I'm not doing the things that great dads do, well, guess what? I'm not a great dad. I can say whatever I want But it means absolutely nothing unless I build habits into my life, into my everyday life. See, desire, desire, oh, I love God, oh, I love God, oh, I really love God. No habits doesn't mean much. Desire with no habits results in no growth. Results in no purpose, results in no influence, results in no power in your life. And God says, you know what? I, I want to help you build maturity in your life. And I'll help you do that spiritually. I'll help you become more like me. And He gives us some things. In fact, these, these have been around for 3,000 plus years. They're called spiritual disciplines which simply means spiritual habits in life. There are things like prayer, daily devotions, or quiet times, however you want to say it. You know, times where you, you talk with God, where you listen to God, where you read your Bible, where maybe you journal, maybe you're, it's fellowshipping with one another. You know, maybe it's tithing. Maybe it's fasting. They're all things that help you grow. Throughout Scripture, Old and New Testament. Paul writes, he says, let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more since you see the day of the Lord is coming near. He's talking about the end of time when Christ comes back. Some of you are here today because of a habit. You woke up this morning. Didn't feel like getting up this morning. Wasn't totally jazzed about coming to church. But you came anyway. Why? Because you're in the habit of coming. Because you made a commitment to be here. Maybe, maybe you had to serve this morning. But for whatever reason you've got, you're in the habit. Some of you are in a small group. And be honest, not every week are you jazzed and excited about going to small group. But you go, why? Because you're in the habit. Because you made a commitment. Because you're accountable to some other people in your group. And because of that habit, you grow. When, when you're here, you know, we, we fellowship. We 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 worship. When, when you go to a small group, you're fellowshipping and studying. And here's what I know. If you get in the habit of doing that, God does things in your life. He just does. Developing spiritual habits. You know, you've you got to commit yourself to some. Maybe you start some new ones. I believe that you always have to be stretching yourself yourself. You won't grow if you don't, if you don't take those steps. And get this, spiritual growth, it requires other Christians being a part of it. You cannot grow to spiritual maturity in the solo. In fact, just look around you for a moment. We need each other. We need each other to grow. 58 times in the New Testament, it says things like love one another care for one another, serve one another, help one another, encourage one another, pray for one another. Spiritual maturity happens as we work together in mutual ministry. It's why the church exists. You need Christians in your life that are good friends. You need to connect to a small group of believers that that will help you. If you don't do that, you won't grow. You know, the Bible calls the church the body of Christ. We are all different parts of the body. Some of you are hands. Some of you are eyes. Some of you are ears. Some of you are noses. Some of you are mouths. Some of you are feet. Some of you, well, pick apart, you know. But we're all different. We're all different. But if you cut off the hand... If you cut it off from the body, it'll die, won't it? Because we need the body. If you cut yourself off from the body of Christ, the church, you won't grow. In fact, you might not survive. You cannot grow the way that God intended for you to grow if you're not part of the local church, whether it's this church or some other church. I'm not sure how to say that any more clearly. You just won't grow to be what God created you to be in Solo. This is how my mind works. There are some things that you only learn being in relationship with other people. Like, how do you learn Patience. If you're not around a bunch of irritable people, huh? Think about it. How how do you learn to be loving if you're not around people that are unlovely sometimes? How do you learn joy if you don't have heartache in your life and you're never around people that are hurting? I believe we grow when we're together, when we're in community. It's all about learning to love. Love. Learning to love God. Learning to love other people. It's the great commandment. Paul writes, he says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps the other part grow. So that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. We only grow if we're part of the body. Spiritual growth? It impacts how you live. If you want to assess how mature you are spiritually, look at your life and what you do. Spiritual maturity is not based on how many times you're at church every month. It's not about biblical knowledge even. Spiritual maturity is about what you do with what you learn when you're in church or in a small group or when you read God's word. It it, it is about what you do with what you know. That's the spiritual maturity piece. It says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. See, you may know something, you may know something, but if you do not act on it, it doesn't matter. Oh, I believe the Bible. Oh, I believe the Bible. Well, friends, you only believe the Bible, the parts that you actually do. That's just true. I mean, do you believe the Bible when it says, share your faith? do you do that no no that's not for me well then you don't really believe that you know do you believe the bible when it when it says give the first fruits the tithe do, do you do that no well you don't really believe it do you believe when the bible says that god should be number 1 in your life top priority on the very top shelf nothing else before god do you do that No? Well, then you don't believe it. The fact is, you only believe what you do. What you're actually doing. You know, one day, Jesus sees the religious leaders, the Pharisees. And there's this issue on the table, and they're kind of disagreeing with Jesus. And finally, Jesus just cuts to the chase. He says, you know what? You guys are wrong. Do you know what the problem is here? In fact, he says, your mistake is that you do not know the scriptures and you don't know the power of God consequently. Friends, that is a serious shot that Jesus was taking. He was leveling the religious leaders, the Pharisees of the day. Because to be a Pharisee, You had to memorize, get this, first five books of the Bible, had to memorize them perfectly. In other words, they had memorized Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And Jesus goes, you guys don't know the Bible. And I'm sure they fired back. It's not recorded, but I'm going to guess. They go, "Are are you kidding me? We memorized it. We we know all the Bible. Just saying, "Mm, you may know it, but you only believe parts of it. Knowing and really believing are two different things. Knowledge not applied is scary. And I'll be honest with you, it's just sad. Have you ever met someone that has a lot of biblical head knowledge? All right, no, right, don't point at this point. But, you know, self-righteous, arrogant, judgmental. And man, they could spew it. Whew. Now, they didn't apply it, but they could spew it. That's why Scripture over and over is cautions Christians about the whole knowledge thing. You know, knowledge puffs up, but love will build up. Saying knowledge, just knowledge is is not good. We should study the Bible. It's important to your spiritual growth. In fact, you can't grow if you're not studying God's Word. But if it's just about knowledge you're just going to get messed up. And you're going to mess up a lot of other people. Scripture should impact how we live every single day. We're going to talk more about that next week. But the fact is, it should be embedding itself into to how we live. How, how do you know when you're spiritually mature? Well, the same way you know when a plant's mature. An apple tree is not mature until it starts producing what? Apples, hopefully. (laughs) A pepper plant is not mature until it is producing peppers. If you want to assess your spiritual life, I would challenge you to look at the fruits in your life. Look at what you're producing in your life. I mean, as someone come to Christ... Because of you, is anybody going to be in heaven because you you were on this earth making a difference? Are, are you marking eternity? We talk about that a lot around here. Are you marking eternity with your one and only life? You know, this this series really is a call to commitment, a, a commitment to grow spiritually, to be intentional about it, to to begin to mature in our faith. And so I just wonder you know, faith fellowship, are you you ready to ignite? Are you willing to make that a living, breathing process? Whether you're way over here and you go, not even sure about who Jesus is. Well, maybe your first step's making him your savior. Some of you need to commit and Commit to this church or whatever church and just say, this is the body. I'm going to grow. I'm going to do things that I need to do. And I'm going to start reading God's Word. I'm going to start spending time. And you don't have to do the, you know, 4 a.m. to 9.17. I thought that was pretty funny. But do something. And some of you need to just commit and start serving. Going out and sharing your faith. It doesn't matter where you're at. The only thing that really matters are you growing. Are you growing? And it won't happen overnight and it won't happen until you decide that it's going to happen. It's about that simple. Let, let's stand for, for a word of prayer together. Our holy God, God, you have created fearfully and wonderfully and God I pray wherever we're at whether we're still trying to figure out how you fit in our life or we've been running the Christian life and part of church since we can't remember when we weren't part of it but God I just pray that We'd just be intentional that we would long more than anything to just be growing. God, I thank you that you promise that as your spirit works in us, that if we do our part too, that growth will happen. God, I thank you for people in my life that they were mature, they made a difference in my life and I know there are many others that would voice the same. God, we thank you for those individuals. And God, I pray that we would be those individuals in people's lives the same way. God, we give you the glory. We give you the praise. Just ignite us. Help us be the people you created us to be. It's in Christ's holy name we pray. Amen. Let's worship together.